0: Hey, and welcome to the Hot Air Podcast from Watchful. I'm Vic Drover. I'm here with my colleague, Steve Burge. And on today's pod, we're talking with Adam Silver. No, I'm not talking about the commissioner of the NBA. Rather, we're talking about one of WordPress's most prolific podcasters. He's also an agency owner and a serial startup founder. Steve, what are we talking about on today's show?
1: Hey, Vic. Yep, Adam runs multiple podcasts, including the Kitchen Sink WP podcast. That's a bit of a strange name, but he talks about everything to do with WordPress, including the Kitchen Sink. And he talks frankly about his experience as a WordPress agency owner. In fact, a lot of these podcasts help drive business to Concierge WP, which is his WordPress agency. And a lot of what we talk about in this episode focuses on the benefits of having a community-minded approach, having people on his podcast, meeting people, connecting people, speaking at events, and being a a fulcrum around which lots of other people can connect and run their businesses.
0: Yeah, Adam it was a pleasure to talk to, and I think you're really going to enjoy this pod. Let's get after it.
1: Hey, Adam, welcome. If anyone Googles you, they will probably come across 50 different podcasts you're doing. (laughs) How many podcasts have you done this week already?
2: Not quite 50. So I've done two this week. This will be the third one with you guys. But I'm also about to launch a third show of my own uh, this month. We're in May. So yeah, this month, if this show comes out in May. (laughs) Is there one of the podcasts
1: that people know you best for?
2: Yeah, the most popular one is Kitchen Sink WP. Everything WordPress, with the Kitchen Sink. It's been around every week for the past three hundred and twenty-two weeks. So, oh, six years—the longest-running yeah. WordPress podcast. No, no, no. Actually, my buddy Dustin, he has one longer. That's over at Your Website Engineer. To give him a shout out, he's a good friend of mine. So his is almost twice as long as mine uh, in you know duration. I think is that right? Six? Nah, maybe not. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, no. So I mean, there's, his and mine are by far, probably the two longest that have been around now. There's been plenty that have already come and gone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The WP Tavern podcast probably had the the prize for a long time until it ended.
2: Yeah, very possible. And then I think they're bringing out again. I mean, I think they're going to somehow, Triple J is going to do something in there. And I don't know, I'm not exactly sure what's going on.
1: So is it a revenue driver for you? You run several (laughs) podcasts, you run several podcasts. Do you make much money from them? I make a million dollars an episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you advertise no. the mattresses <laughs> and um, uh, Oh my space. gosh. Can you imagine?
2: Oh, it kills yeah. me. Oh, it's the worst. No, um, they do produce some income. I get sponsors. Yeah. And I get people who donate. I actually got asked for a while, hey, we want to give you money as a thank you, but we don't want to sponsor because it doesn't make sense for them. So I set up a Patreon account. People do that. Or you can buy me a coffee. I set that up recently, that whole new service. So some people do that. As far as money goes, I have sponsorships from time to time. I don't push hard. I could probably push harder. And to tell you the truth, I didn't sell sponsorships or take any for the first 100 episodes. I wanted to make sure that I knew who I was, what my voice was, with who my audience was. And I turned down people often enough because it needs to match the audience. I won't just be a total money grab. I mean, I could. I really could. It's not my style. So it produces income that way, the podcasts. The other show I have is called Get Options Podcast. It's with Kyle Maurer. It's kind of a fun show. But... It produces income by leading listeners and people listen to the show to me as an agency owner. We get I get work out of it.
1: So if someone tunes into the Kitchen Sink WP podcast, they hear you talking about your agency work, your agency life, the ups and downs. Yeah.
2: And I'm very, really transparent about it. And when I went solo again from a full-time job, I guess three years ago, I totally documented that. And those episodes did great. I mean, it's not pretty, as you guys know, running an agency is hard and a pain in the butt and frustrating and you have those ups and downs. But I will share freely. I share numbers. If I share something learned from the experience, I often, not whitewash, but I'll, I'll be careful. I mean, I won't mention company names or people to respect that privacy issue, of course. But if, when I learn, I share. Yeah. yeah.
0: Adam, how did you make the decision or, or did you make the decision to go from agency, uh, full-time job to your own agency? Or was that made for you? How did
2: that process work? Not surprising, it was not made for me in the sense of I wasn't fired or I lost a job. It was a decision that prior to this version of agency, I had a job, a day job, doing uh, I was a director of marketing for um, a company back in Southern California. All their all their internet marketing was under my, under me. It served a purpose, and when I say that and again, I'll share it freely. It served a purpose that it saved marriage because prior to that, I mean, I had that job for three years. Part of that, I was brought back to California from Colorado to be the director of video production for another bigger company. I got laid off from that job. That layoff in 2010 was a huge blow. You know, three kids lived in Southern California it took me three years to find a job, and that job was that last job. That job served a purpose where it got us out of the hole, saved the marriage, etc. It became toxic though. It was a terrible place to be, <laughs> and, and at the end, at the end of the, I, I, that three, I shouldn't run.
1: laugh, but that's kind of. Funny, it kind of saved you in one way and also oh, gave you an enormous oh, yeah. headache in another. So while I was doing that job, I
2: started, you know, we got, a, we got a, a, out of debt, I put money away. And after three years, I, I had had enough and my wife was on board. I mean, we had enough, I had enough runway to leave that job, live in Southern California and take, I had 12 months of rent and health insurance covered to launch the agency again. So I'd worked for myself off and on for the last 25 years with little diversions here and there based on financial needs. But that's how I relaunched. I thought I was going to just be a freelancer. Just kind of, I had some freelance work. I had three or four clients, just do my own thing. And then I kept getting clients, I kept getting more work. So then it led to me hiring other people, you know, to do more work for, alongside me. You know? You're not
1: in so, uh, California anymore, right? You're in North Carolina now?
2: no. We moved to North Carolina. So the kicker on that is, financially speaking, is so I gave notice and I left that last day job September 2nd, 2017. Yeah, that's right. Uh, No, 2016. I don't know. I'd have to think about
1: it for a second. Are you the kind of person that normally remembers this stuff or was the leaving so happy that you actually remember the day?
2: It actually, September (laughs) 2nd, this I know, the year, I think it was 2016. So I had that one-year runway. Ironically enough, what I was not prepared for in any which way was my wife was burned out of her job at the time. She made... Decent money worked for a nonprofit, so her income would cover, you know, food and utilities, and my our savings would cover the rest. We were fine. She gave notice, and so she left in December of that same year, and that was a big blow because her new career choice, which she'd always wanted to do, she made a lot, a lot, a lot less money, which then led us to moving here to the uh, North Carolina area to save money and to be closer to her work. She's a flight attendant, and now, of course, in the days we're in, that's Taking a hit as well again. <laughs> so yeah, it's tough. That's the that's the weird story, but
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're in Raleigh now. And is that connected to how you got into the WordPress community? Because there's a big one right in North Carolina in Raleigh, the capital city of of the state.
2: Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So one of the reasons we picked North Carolina was easy commute for my wife to up to Boston for where she's based, good school districts, and there's a WordPress community here. The Southern California WordPress community, I miss them a lot. I was there for so long. I helped build it. I was a lead organizer for WordCamp LA for two years. I ran a meetup there for five years. It's just different. This you know, and I didn't want to come in and step on toast here, but I jumped right in and I got on, you know, I was on the team to help run WordCamp Raleigh two years ago for the past three years now. I was gonna be the lead this year, but you know, all the camps have been canceled now. So it's just there's a long history of WordCamps of WordCamp Raleigh way before I came. And I had to, um, what's the word, uh, navigate that lightly, if you will. <laughs> so it's better now, in a sense. So it's fine.
1: So is a lot of the work that comes into your agency through your work in the community through doing podcasts and sharing or you know perhaps oversharing, depending on the day, and being involved in work camps? And-
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say 25% of work comes in from the podcast from kitchen sink the rest of it is just really being out there like i go to 10 work camps a year i used to go to 10 work camps a year kind of being out there speaking at a lot of conferences going to the, um, the small business development consultancy you know go to those do some speaking gigs there okay so you, you speak at you,
1: you actually oh, yeah. go to the local business offices business community studios. yeah
2: Yeah, I'll go to co-working spaces, wherever I can get an opportunity to speak in front of people about either, you know, best practices and uh, websites for small business, whatever it may be, podcasting to grow your business. I love doing that. I mean, I love speaking a lot. uh, So I'll do that. And that leads to more work. And then I would say a chunk of the work at this point, because it's been, I've been doing it for so long. feels like a long time. It feels like longer than, it's been coming up on four years. Yeah, that's what it is. It's 2016. So when I, when I launched it, word of mouth, it's just simple as that. It's word of mouth. You know, you get client from client from client because my title is, you know, head concierge. I like to take care of people. So I want to make sure people are happy. And I give that,
1: that experience. That's the goal. So tell me about Concierge WP. What? Um, how big are you? What do you do? What kind of projects do you take on?
2: So we are a team of about five people right now, myself. And I have a designer, a couple developers, an SEO person. It's a good solid team. Everyone's a contractor. No one's an employee at the moment. I wish. I really would love to make uh, a couple of them uh, employees. I like to help people make money if I can. I want, I want to solve that problem. I'm really good at this part of it. I can do discovery, scope, sell it. And I can do some of the development. I'm just, there are other people who are faster at it and better than me. So let them do that. You know, that's what they strength. And they don't want to do the sales part of talking to the clients necessarily, you know. So, and we focus right now on small, medium businesses, probably, you know, companies with 25 to 50 people. And I'm working on niching down. We're generalists right now. I say we, but Contiers is pretty much a generalist. We have a, a couple dozen maintenance clients, monthly maintenance reoccurring, and we build sites from ground up or we actually go and we fix a lot of sites. We get a lot of that work too. And more often than not, we'll get calls, hey, we, our previous developer disappeared, can you help us? We get a ton of that kind of work.
1: How does the revenue break down? Are you making most of your money from the new builds, from building brand new sites for people, or from the maintenance contracts?
2: Right now, it's 50-50. I, and I know the numbers because it's the first of the month. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, yeah, right now, it's 50-50. These last few months, I mean, surprisingly enough, in the times we're in with the coronavirus and stuff, we're busier than ever. So awesome. it's great. Yeah. Um, I think people are realizing they have stuff to do. So yeah, we are actually really busy. So yeah,
0: it's good. So what are some, um, for the listeners out there who are build, trying to build their agencies up from maybe just a one or two person shop, what do you think are the two or three most important changes you made that helped you, you know, have a successful business, keep things running smoothly, have a good client base, have a good work-life balance? What are those important things would you say? Some, you know, put yourself three, four years ago. What could you tell yourself that would get you to where you are now more quickly?
2: Process. Put things down on paper and make it a process out of it. I'm a huge fan of checklists. I always have been, even since the podcast started. The Checklist Manifesto, one of my favorite books. I've sent that book to clients. Actually, I buy it on Amazon. I'll ship it to them.
1: That's the doctor. um, Yes, Atul Gawande.
2: Yes. Yes. One of my favorite books of all time. So having things in process, that way you're not recreating it every time. Like, what do I charge for this? And not to say that pricing can't be adjusted or discounted or negotiable, but having a base set price for what you do, being really clear on what you do is key for that. And then raising your prices consistently and being providing value for the money you, you're, you're making or you're charging. Too many of us, I think, feel weird asking for high dollar value. They're afraid of... I don't know what it is. And at the end of the day, you don't know what the client's thinking. So don't try to fill in the blank. Just say, here's your price. And knowing what your costs are. You know, if you have rent, mortgage, whatever it may be, what are your hard costs? And then do you want to make a profit? <laughs> so do you need to make money? Who do you, what do you have to cover for your life at the moment? I am, you know, late 40s. I'm not 22, living in, in my parents' basement. So take those things. I have children. So those things really need to be figured out. Otherwise, it is kind of a hobby for so many people versus a business. So you have to charge professional pricing. I
1: think you know.
2: Does that answer so, your question?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. So. You, you, yeah. You have like a, a set profit margin you try and reach each month. I do. Well, uh, most recently I've actually changed
2: that too. For a long time, I was just I, I would get money into my business account and I would pay myself when we needed it, kind of thing. Now, about for the past two and a half, three months, uh, it's a bit longer now, four months. I actually break things out and do pay. Myself, I move money into an owner account. I'm doing the profit-first methodology, so I'll put I'll put money away for taxes. Not that I didn't before, but I didn't do it consistently. I'll do a tax account. I'll do a profit pay account. I have the my expenses. My expenses are kind of high because I have a team. You know, some people's expenses are really low. So my it's my team expense plus my software, my tools, um, and some of the tools I get for free because of my place in the community, which is awesome. But I still include those prices in case that ever changes. You know, in case all of a sudden company A says, Hey, we need you to charge, we need to charge you for this. I'm prepared for it. And then I have a profit margin.
1: Yeah. So well. for people that might not be familiar with it, profit first is a, I I think a book it's a where book. basically you, you take a chunk of the chunk of money that you want to make each month and put it aside and then you decide your costs afterwards? Well you kind of it's sort of you figure
2: out all your costs first. And at the end of the day, just so you know, I'm not an accountant. I want to clarify that. I'm not a CPA. Talk to your tax <laughs> advisor. We should all say that. I'm not a lawyer either. Not a lawyer. Uh, my father is. but So I, I tell people this, or the way he says it, the book says it, is that you figure out all your expenses, software, hardware, utility, you know, internet, what is it that you need to do to run your business, right? And then you figure out what percentage of that is. Like, if you want to work backwards, what is it you want to pay yourself every month? You can work yourself backwards. Less taxes, less expenses than, you know, what you want to make. And then a percentage. So I have those four buckets. So like I have my expenses at like I think my expenses are thirty-five percent. My owner pay is forty percent. My profit's one percent margin. And it sounds slow, but after the full year of one percent margin, pulling money out every month can add up. And then the theory is, either quarterly you're supposed to do it quarterly, or once a year you take the profit, take half of it, and go have fun, do something with it. That's why we do what we do, right? Otherwise you're just working till you die. So you know, right? And then, from your owner pay, I break that down into like ten more subcategories: rent, utilities, food. You know that that that's again the government doesn't care about it. It's all money to them. You still have to declare taxes on it, right? So, but that's how you can then I can then pay myself. Let's say I want to pay myself five thousand dollars this month, which would be awesome. It's not going to happen. But then out of the five K, money goes to rent, money goes to car utility. So you have these. So again, it's a it's a
1: concept of have a plan for your money. Otherwise, your money will have no plan for you. So you have processes for your money now, processes for the work that gets done for the pricing. When it comes to the agency itself, do you have a firm set of tools, a firm set of processes for for working with the clients? Like everything has to be in GitHub or everything has to be (laughs) in Jira or how does that work? Yeah, so we, I I keep saying we, it's it's me. I I set the rules, but we
2: is just a collective. The new rules are, if you come to work with me as a contractor, if I'm bringing someone on, you get email from me, you get, you're in the Slack group. No no, uh, no exceptions. Um, no more using your own email to contact clients or just communications. Expectations are let me know that you're working on something you know, at least every other day. If you go quiet for more than a week, we got a problem. You know, that's that. We use Help Scout for uh, basic maintenance tickets. And I use... What's the other one? Uh, Asana. Yeah, Asana for project management for bigger projects. So if it's not in the jobs category of a maintenance project, it's a project. So everything goes there. And then I do invite clients into the Asana. I decided that I was gonna invite them into Slack, but I didn't. I decided, you know what? Let's keep Slack company only. And then Asana, we have all conversations there. No more email. Well, we do some emails, some people forget, but um, it's just cleaner there. If they want to add something to it, if they're a retainer client or it's a big project and they want to add, which changes the scope, they get the fact that look, this is gonna change scope, or what priority is this? You know, there's only so much time in the day. One of our maintenance, one of our retainer clients just yesterday. Again, we don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> Working with a designer, she's very sweet, very on task with her designs. We don't have enough hours in the day at the to- and right now for her, for them, or money, or the technology to solve the problem. So, her counterpoint, like my my counterpoint uh, part on, on their on their team reached out and said, "We get it. We know the frustrations there. I'm going to reach up to upper of their company and see if we can get you more hours. Th- that'll help." So you know more hours I could bring on my advanced developer to solve the problem and we all get, we're all happy you know so
0: Adam yeah. what goals do you have for the next say 12 mm-hmm. to 24 months for your <laughs> business do you have you set some goals and what what's your target and how are you going to get
2: there? <laughs> yeah, I have. I guess the easiest way to say is, I'm selling it all. I'm burning it down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a fire sale. It crossed my mind. I'm like, what am I going to do next? What's going on? I've been doing this for like 10 years, off and on in some capacity, doing WordPress work for 10 years. The agency is coming up on four years this fall, which my first goal was three years. Last three years, make a living doing this. And I have. The first year sucked. <laughs> year two was a little better. Year three first half of year three, first quarter, was hard because of I had a, uh, an employee situation that just went south, as I mentioned to you earlier. Moving forward, the goal is to niche down, is to really focus the energies into two specific categories. That way, we can really focus our energies on that marketing angle, those clients, that price point, specifically and the margins, I think, and it's, the value proposition is better. You know, I can tell you those two categories if you want to know. Uh, yeah, you mentioned them earlier, right? Uh, why don't you remind us? Yeah, so e-commerce would be one and learning management would be two. You know, We have experience in those both now. I just think opening that up or being that, being our focus, being like, hey, if someone says, hey, can we do this? And we say, no, we, don't. we just focus on these two things. It just, right off the bat, it raises, it raises the, the value of what we do across the board, I think. We'll get the clients who get the fact. Clients who want e-commerce understand that there's a cost behind it. In my opinion,
0: and do you think uh, the changes that we're seeing in web development in general, in WordPress specifically, do you think that we're kind of losing the low end of the market, and it, you know, more of more agencies are going up market, like you would be if you're doing more e-commerce or more LMS work?
2: Standard WordPress answer: It depends. It depends on what you want, <laughs> and what you're doing. You know, I mean, I we I said earlier also before you hit record was, you know, brochure sites are still brochure sites. I know you guys had spoken to uh, Jamie Schmidt a couple weeks back, and you know the Gutenberg thing and having having it be easier just to build easy pages and easy sites is there. I'm. It's funny. I, I, I'm going to mention that podcast because it was a great episode. I've listened to probably a dozen of your shows, by the way, you guys. Oh, that's and awesome! Thank you. It's a nice comment. I, I really. I, I do my research, <laughs> and I really <laughs> laughed out loud when you asked her, Steve. You said Gutenberg, yes or no?
1: Hey, can you give us a quick verdict then after uh, having done like? Five hundred or more of your own. They're oh, good. St- I like okay.
2: them. Yes. <laughs> you're still in my queue. You're still in my queue. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up is Donita and uh, Hans, who I know. I know them really well. So okay. So nice. we didn't we get to, to reach them recently yet. too. I've I've gone I've gone, uh, I've gone uh, out of order just to just to see who I knew and who didn't know. But I was going to say when you asked Jamie about Gutenberg, you said yes. Yeah, she said Gutenberg yes or no? She was like yes. I'm like oh no because <laughs> I'm not a fan yet. I haven't done it yet. I mean, I use it, I would say two percent of the time at the moment in our tool set. It's coming, it's going forward. So in answer to your question, Vic, you know, as far as the low-hanging fruit, it's still there. People are still gonna do it. There's a necessity for it, there's a need for it, especially for people who just have no interest in doing anything with the website. They just they know they need a website. They could probably learn to do it themselves, but that's not their bailiwick at all. So yeah, for 2000 dollars build them a you know, a one to two page website, sure. There's still value there. I think, though, if you want to grow an agency, if you want to get larger, if you want to be more, not larger per se, if you want to be more um, sustainable and have an income, you have to focus and niche down, in my opinion, and then raise your prices accordingly.
0: And there's not much maintenance work on a one- to two-page Elementor site, right? Right. There really isn't. So, Um, So the recurring doesn't even come back for you then,
2: and now you're always hunting the next small project. Right, the recurring's lower. I mean, I mean, I have recurring ma- monthly maintenance. You know, my baseline is what, 127, Our high up is a 900. Most of ours are in the middle there somewhere. I acquire previous other clients from other agencies who don't want the recurring. We'll take some of it. I've said no. I mean, I don't do email. I will not touch anyone's email, ever. Ever. Um, you know, ever. Best, Best
0: th- advice to give a new <laughs> web developer: don't right. host email. Yeah, I
2: I host probably out of my maintenance clients. I host maybe. We have 15, 16 now, 16 as of today. I host a total of four of them, I think, maybe five. But those clients have really low needs and they have low bandwidth and they have low maintenance overall. So I don't mind, you know. And I don't manage any of that, that email for them either. They already had Google Suite going or G Suite or they had Office 365 elsewhere. Totally fine. I won't take email, won't
1: do it. Not going to happen. <laughs> So, Adam, you've been running an agency for a long time now, and you have a a little podcasting network on the side. Have you ever tried to branch out of the agency life to create a product, set a plugin, to create any kind of recurring service outside of the agency? Hmm. <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. Okay.
2: <laughs> Announcing my new plugin. Yes, actually, I have. So what I've been working on, and part of the future where I see myself kind of going is this. Uh, and it's been out there. It's not a big secret. But you guys don't know this. It's a website called random. No, it's not that one. The wrong one. It's called BackupSpeaker.com. Literally, huh. it's it's out there. In the sense that It's pre-selling right now. You can look it up.
1: Excuse it's, my typing.
2: Uh, no, no, it's all good. So BackupSpeaker.com is a place for... You know, It's going to be a monthly, actually it's going to be a yearly fee because of what it does. But that's a thing I'm looking into doing. I want to do more speaking. I want to help people find speaking gigs on short notice. I mean, typically for a venue to find someone to fill in, how it kind of came to fruition. So I've done that. I have a photography thing that's been coming out. I have this third podcast coming out. So I'm always... I have side hustles so if side hustles kind of thing. The other service I actually I do have, it's a part of Concierge, is a total subsidiary, standalone, if you will. It's called CanYouStartYesterday.com. Because again, me being me in the space we're in, I would get questions all the time. Let's say say Vic would hit me up, hey Adam, can you do this? Or do you know somebody who can? Because Vic doesn't have time to go find someone and vet them. So I started a service that does that, where I know you. The only way to be in my database is I have to have met you twice. And then I can can tie it together. And there's a whole process and there's a video of how that works in there as well. That does make some extra money as a service. Probably a couple hundred bucks, maybe, maybe a thousand bucks a year. I don't push hard on them, but I have these ideas. I build them quickly and I launch them and see what happens. You know,
1: it's, so it's almost as if a couple of the businesses that you're building are based around your community work, having done 350 plus podcast episodes mm-hmm. just on Kitchen Sink, plus being on so many others, you know, so many people, you have this enormous contact list that you could hit up and
2: yeah, use to connect people. It, you know, and I just saw a new a new thing online on LinkedIn. I got invited to a new group for WordPress people. The funny thought, I think, I think, what was funny there was the site was done in Drupal. I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> for, specifically for WordPress contractors, the site's done in Drupal. You know, and anybody can join that. Anybody can post a job there. To be inside of CanYouStartYesterday.com, which I think is one of my favorite names I've ever come up with, I have to really know you, plain and simple. You know, And there's a whole trust triangle there. So, for example, if Steve, if I've met you in person more than twice, then you can be in my database as a developer. And then let's say Vic needs someone who does X. Vic put, goes and fills out the form, says, I need a PHP developer who knows MemberPress. I then see who's on the back end, who knows MemberPress. I'm the one who takes the time. I'll call Steve, I'll, I'll call Julie, I'll call Sally. Who's available? Here's what it pays. Here's, you need them yesterday, you need them right away. And I can then call Vic back within a day or two I say, hey, Vic, do you still need someone? Because things change pretty quick in Vic's life. And he says, yes. I said, okay, so it's $150 to me to get Steve. Let's say Steve's the first one available. He says, yes, he's available. To get Steve's content information, $150. Vic pays me, right? I then connect you two. And then you two are on your own for that. Steve sends me 15% of the first job. And that's it. Now, the what ifs, it took me a year to figure out the business model. Am I a temp agency? Am I, what, how How is this going to work for billing? So the 15% that Almost like a trusted affiliate program. It's extremely trusted affiliate, exactly. So the thing is, so if, if Steve doesn't show up for one, so caveat number one would be this. Steve doesn't show up. He has the worst thing since sliced bread, sorry. You know, Vic says he was terrible. I give Vic two options. Your money back, no questions asked, or you get one more name. It's up to you. But the thought that Steve is bad is not good for Steve. The fact that I didn't bet you properly, it's terrible. And then out of the system probably. And then the other issue is, if I connect you to and then Vic tables the project for let's say up to six months, because of whatever happened, coronavirus. Well, if you use them within the first six months, Steve still owes me the fifteen percent of that first project. And after that, you guys are no—I get nothing. I get no residual. I don't want anymore. That's it. So, you know, and I, you know, and the thing is, I in theory I know all three players, right? So the three of us we know each other. So if I hear that you did a job for for the person, you only gave me twenty five dollars, which is ridiculous.
1: You know, there's a problem there too. So anyway, it's interesting to hear you talk over your entire portfolio of projects, and it all seems to be based around meeting people, connecting people, talking to people. It might be the agency work, it might be the podcasts, it might be mm-hmm. the side projects, but they're, all,
2: Speaking they're all community-based. Yeah, I really, that's where I think my happy place is.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: so full disclosure, I have a degree in theater. <laughs> so maybe that explains it. Oh yeah, so. I saw something that used to be a stand-up comic. I did that too for many years in Los Angeles, yeah. If you know where to look, you can. You can't see me do stand up online, but you can find me on certain TV shows as a background player, as well as as a host of a web show. Yeah, it's uh You gotta know where to look. Okay, <laughs> can I be a
1: terrible podcast host? Oh sure. Tell us a funny joke. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's, that's probably a bad thing. We <laughs> love dad jokes um, on this show.
0: By the way, we love dad jokes, so there's a of <laughs> Dad thing. jokes.
1: I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you think of one, um, um, we'll, well circle but, back to it. But um, um, notes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oddly, me and you have been connected through a a community outside of WordPress as well. Mm-hmm. It turns out, me and you are part of an exercise group that connects around the U.S. as well. A group called F Three, where where guys meet to exercise together.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I found out about them living here about a year and a half ago. It yeah. stands for F Three stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. That's right. The three F's, yeah. So the basic concept is this for those who don't know. So F3 is men only. There's a woman's counterpart called FIA, females in action. It's kind of like F45, where I tell people, or it's like going to a boot camp. It's a boot camp style workout. The main rules are it's free, it's outdoors, it's open to anybody. Okay. Uh, and it's rain or shine. Coronavirus is a whole separate story. We're doing virtual workouts these days. All the men get nicknames, women get nicknames too. So my nickname is the Kamish because my real name is Adam Silver, so it's kind
1: of silly. Um, oh, after the uh, NBA basketball commissioner? That's it. That's right. And you can find more about that on Adamsover.com. <laughs> so people have missed me. <laughs> wait, so, so like... Wait, you actually have the domain name instead oh. of the actual commissioner of the NBA?
2: Yes. That's yeah. awesome. I've had it for 22 years. Yeah. Okay. And for a long time, it used, to fo- it used to be a place for where I would put my calendar for stand-up shows and for acting gigs and stuff. And then I had it forwarded in a kitchen sink. And most recently, it's its own page now because it's, it's going to become my home base for speaking and for me as a, as a brand, if you will. But the F3 thing is a great community of people who are all tied together based on the basic core principle of fitness. Not like crazy fitness, but just to get outside, out of your comfort zone, men being what's called sad clowns for mental health, you know, how's everything going today, Vic? Great. Well, is that truly how you feel? Or you just want to say great because it's what you were accustomed to saying as as a man? Seriously. Women do the same thing. Women need friends. But men have a much harder time connecting with deep relationships with other men after you're out of high school and college. And as we get older, those relationships that you did have get really spread really thin. So what happens is you become friends with other men based on your kids, friends, parents, the dad, or your spouse's, husband, you know, that, 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 that through line, which you may not have that same thing. It's, not the, it's almost like a forced friendship. It could work, but it's not the same. So here we go out in the gloom. We call it the gloom. It's like 5.30 in the morning. We work out for 45 minutes. We have a circle of trust at the end. You can put in a prayer request. It's not faith-based. It's having a belief of something bigger than yourself. And it's amazing. So,
1: yeah. It's probably particularly important for people like ourselves who are stuck in the home office all day.
2: Yeah. I mean, I didn't know anybody moving here. When I moved to North Carolina, I knew like two people, barely. One just moved to South Carolina. (laughs) I found out about F3. I went and I've gone on vacations with these guys. gone to lakes houses with these guys. I've I've worked out. Last year, I did 255 workouts with them. You know, I track everything. (laughs) So it's pretty cool. Now I'm in charge of comms for the F3 Carpex. Our area is called Carpex. So yeah.
1: So whether it's fitness or the agency or your podcasts or your side hustles, They're all based around trying to connect people and do things in a community way.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just did a site for one of the guys in F3. He just helped. I did one for uh, uh, one of the guys' wives... And I did one just this week. We fixed up a site that had some massive issues. Uh, he's a general contractor. His nickname was HDTV because he's a general contractor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. So, Adam, where can we keep in touch with you and all your multiple projects? You said it's going to be on adamsilver.com.
2: Right now, adamsilver.com is a place to go. Um, Twitter, primarily, would be a great place, would be uh, Hey Adam Silver. It's like, Hey Adam Silver. <laughs> so, uh, that's my Twitter handle. And um, yeah, Kitchen Sink, the podcast. Yeah. And
1: Twitter is where you're most active.
2: Yeah, Twitter is probably where I'm most active for sure. Link. I'm on LinkedIn. If people want to reach out on LinkedIn, they can. And also concierge if they're looking for you know agency work, but or an agency to work with. But there's plenty of us out there. It's plenty of work. So you know, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Adam. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. It was awesome. It's fun. Good times. Woohoo! Okay, I'm done acting <laughs> now. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Thanks, Vic.